0: Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message.
1: Well, let's get to God's word this morning. Today I'm speaking under the title, What is the Great White Throne Judgment? Now you may ask, Pastor Rick, why are you talking about judgment? I'm talking about judgment because it's important for us as believers to understand judgment. Judgment and the final judgment are themes that are found throughout both the Old and the New Testament. And what I found is there are some wonderful followers of Jesus Christ who actually have a lot of misunderstanding about the judgment and what is going to take place for them or for the unbelievers. And so that is the reason I'm speaking about judgment today. Now another reason that I am talking about the judgment is this. With the current world crises that are going on out there, there are a lot of people that are beginning to ask important questions. People who aren't followers of Christ or maybe people who have uh, turned away from the Lord and are now considering turning back. If that's you today, I think this series last week and then this week, will be very helpful to you. But in this current crisis, there's a lot of people asking questions about the end times, the final judgment, when is Jesus coming back. I think this teaching will help you also. The New Testament in the book of Hebrews tells us that understanding the judgment is actually a basic uh, topic of our faith. It's, it's, it's primary understanding. It's like elementary school understanding of our faith. Here's what the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1-3. through 3. So let's stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and here it is, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward and to further understanding. The judgment is considered to be uh, basic teachings about Christ. And so this morning, we're going to talk again about one of these basic teachings. First of all, you need to understand this. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, And just as each person is destined to die once, and after that comes judgment, there will be judgment for each and every person who has ever lived on planet Earth or ever will live on planet Earth. It is appointed for us to die only once, no reincarnation. It is appointed unto us to die once, and after that comes Judgment. Now, there are two primary judgments mentioned in the Bible. Two weeks ago, I taught on the judgment seat of Christ. And if you haven't listened to or watched that message yet, just go uh, back to last week's message and watch that. I think it will be very, very beneficial to you. This week, I'm going to be talking about the great white throne judgment. But before we get to the judgment, the great white throne judgment, uh, let me just give a brief review of the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is also called the bema judgment. Bema is a Greek word that just was a raised platform in which somebody would stand and they would receive rewards, specifically Olympic athletes, or they would stand before a magistrate who would judge either in their favor or against it in a a kind of a trial. But the, the picture here is more of an athlete who has competed and when the game is over with they stand before the one who is giving out the rewards, the crowns, the trophies would be a modern way of saying that and that's where they receive their reward the Bema judgment is only believers only believers are at this judgment those who have opened their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ are come before the judgment seat of Christ and it is a judgment where Jesus followers receive their rewards for their works how we lived and served Jesus after we opened our hearts to him there is no sin that is judged at the bema of judgment. Your sins, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, were taken care of at your salvation when Jesus came in and cleansed you of all sin and all unrighteousness. So, let us move on now to the second judgment of the New Testament, that which is called the great white throne judgment. This is mentioned in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, Uh, verses 11 through 15 but just to set a context so you know where this takes place I'm going to start reading at verse 1 and as we read there will be some things that uh, you need to understand God chooses to reveal some things in the scripture but he doesn't choose to explain them as we're reading this passage God is going to reveal some things but it's going to be like well why is that why is he doing that God doesn't always choose to explain what he has revealed. These are the things that we accept by faith. Uh, A phrase I heard many, many years ago that really has helped me is this. All I have seen teaches me to trust the Creator for all I have not seen. Listen, if God says something is going to take place and I can't quite put my uh, brain around it as to how he's going to do that or why he's going to do that, I've seen so much and experienced so much about God that all I have seen Helps me to trust our Creator for all I have not seen. So, let's go into Revelation 20, and let me set the context of what is taking place. As we open Revelation chapter 20, it, this is the end of the seven-year period that the Bible calls the Tribulation. Jesus has appeared in the sky on a white horse with the armies of heaven and he has slain the army of the Antichrist and the false prophet that have come to war against him. And there is a, a, a complete annihilation of the, these armies. The earth has been devastated by all of the plagues that have taken place during this seven-year period of time. And now we come to chapter 20 and the scripture says this, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He sees the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. So, already in chapter 19, we have seen that the uh, the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet have already been thrown into the lake of fire. But here now an angel comes, and he binds Satan, the devil, with a chain, and he throws him in the lake of fire. This is um, at the beginning of what is called the thousand years, or the millennial reign of Christ. The angel threw him, this is verse 3, the angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked. So Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterwards, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The people that this passage is talking about are those who died as believers in the tribulation period. After we leave in the rapture, And I don't have a lot of time to speak about the rapture. In fact, I'm not going to, but there's great teaching on it on our website where I've talked about it before. After the church is taken away in the rapture, of course, the world continues. There will be people that will, after the rapture takes place, accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And they will live during this tribulation time. While many of them are going to be killed, it says some are going to be beheaded and others are going to die in other ways... Um, some are uh, for not accepting the mark of the beast on their forehead or on their hands. Well, after Jesus comes and defeats Satan and he sets up his kingdom at the beginning of this 1,000-year reign, they come to life again. They all came to life again, it says, and they reigned with Christ for a 1,000 years. Now, verse 5 says this is the first resurrection. It's the first resurrection after the tribulation there actually is a resurrection of the dead before the tribulation that is when the those who died in Christ as well as those who are alive are taken to be with Jesus in the air but this is the first resurrection after the tribulation this is the first resurrection the rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years has ended blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection for them the second death holds no power but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. So what we have now is what's called the millennial reign of Christ. Jesus literally reigning on the earth with those who were raised from the dead who had died during the tribulation. The earth has a long way to go yet, folks. If Jesus was to come back tomorrow and all of these events would take place over that seven-year period of time called the tribulation, then the earth is going to be around for another thousand years. Now, it is devastated at the beginning of the thousand years, but I'm sure that after the thousand years of Jesus' reign on the earth, the earth has rejuvenated itself. Jesus is reigning here. We don't know what he's going to be doing. All we know is he's on earth, ruling the earth in person for 1,000 years. But then the thousand years comes to an end, and that is where we now pick up uh, in verse verse 7. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. Remember, he was tied with a chain, thrown into the bottomless pit, a door was locked. He is let out. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out and deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together for battle. A mighty army is numberless as sand along the seashore. Now, here's one of those things God declares that I don't quite understand. Jesus has been reigning on the earth, yet as soon as Satan is released, he is able to get a mighty army to come and do battle against Jesus. Even during the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ on planet earth, there are people that will still not open their hearts to him and accept them as Savior and Lord. Verse 9, And I saw them, As they went upon the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. But fire from heaven came came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil, who had deceived them, was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented night and day forever and ever. Now we are at the end of this thousand years. The enemy... Our enemy, Satan, is finally thrown into the lake of fire. The New Living, which I'm reading from, calls it the lake of burning sulfur, where the, uh, the beast and the false prophet are. And then, now, we come to the great white throne judgment. And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone, this is a a very sobering verse, And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. So, let me just give you some points regarding the judgment. The first thing is, is what is this judgment? The great white throne judgment, what is this judgment? This is the final judgment for the rest of mankind. All the godly of the Old Testament and the believers of the church age as well as the martyrs of the tribulation period are not included here for they were resurrected before this time. So this is those who have died from the beginning of the millennium and all of those who have died throughout all time who were not followers of God because they haven't been resurrected yet. So this is the final judgment for the rest of mankind. Now who will be there? All the lost from every age. Any who died during the millennium, and those who died, uh, as we just read, when the fire from heaven destroyed the armies marshaled by Satan. So those who died during the millennium, those who died in this last battle, as well as um, the lost from every age will be there. And then the other important person who's going to be there is Jesus himself. He is the one who is sitting upon the throne. He said, I saw a great white throne and the one and one sitting on it. The one sitting on it is Jesus. And the reason we know this is in John chapter 5 verse 22. It says, and this is Jesus speaking, "The Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the Son absolute authority to judge." So if the Son has the absolute authority to judge, then he will be the one sitting on the great white throne. And there'll be a variety of people Here, the Bible says the small and the great. There will be kings, there will be presidents, there will be world rulers as well as the poorest of the poor will be standing at the great white throne judgment if they weren't followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be religious people at the great white throne judgment. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) There will be religious people at the great white throne judgment. Uh, There will be those who had... um, They believed things that were contrary or what we would say is they believed false doctrines regarding God. But there will also be people who actually knew about Jesus and maybe even believed Jesus but did not open their hearts to him. I believe it is at this judgment that the words that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 23 will come true. I never knew you. Away with me, you evil evildoers. These are people who are standing before Jesus saying, Lord, Lord, did we not do this? Did we not preach? Did we not lead churches? Did we not go to church every Sunday? People who are standing before him. And he says, I don't know who you are. I never knew you. I believe this will happen at the great white throne judgment. So, what is this judgment? It is the final judgment for the rest of mankind. Who is there? The lost from every age, as well as those who died during the millennium, and Jesus himself. himself. Okay, when does the great white throne judgment takes place, take place? The great white throne judgment takes place after the millennial reign of Christ and before the new heavens and the new earth are revealed. So there's a short period of time in here after the millennial reign before the new heaven and the new earth are revealed that the great white throne judgment takes place. So what takes place at this judgment? First, all the unrighteous are judged according to their works. Every person whose name is not found written in the book of life is then cast into the lake of fire. What's interesting here is Scripture declares that everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life is going to be cast into the lake of fire yet they're also going to be judged according to their works. The impression that I am left and others are left is there's actually going to be levels of punishment that people received because there are some people that tried to live good lives but they for whatever reason refused to accept Jesus as their savior, they will not be judged as harshly as people who just lead a life only for themselves who do horrendous things. There are going to be levels of punishment. You're thinking, well, if it's a lake of fire, what does it matter? I don't know. This is one of those things that the Scripture declares, but God chooses not to give us understanding. He chooses not to explain. And... Something else that takes place here, and this is, uh, many Bible teachers believe this, and it's my view also, is that those who came to know Jesus during the millennium, there's a thousand years that Jesus is living on the earth, and people are still going to be born, and there are going to be thousands, millions, maybe even billions of people who are going to come to know Jesus Christ during the millennium, well, There's going to be a resurrection after the millennium. It is my belief that at this point, they will actually stand before what we talked about two weeks ago, the judgment seat of Christ, and they will be judged for their works just as we, who were followers of Jesus before the rapture and the first resurrection, were judged at the judgment seat of Christ. So that's what takes place. Now, Here's just a... Quick couple of questions that you might be saying to yourself, well, it's a lot of information, Pastor Rick, you've given us a lot of scripture. So what? Now what? So what? Now what? Let me try and explain. If you are a follower of Jesus, the information, the understanding of the great white throne judgment should do at least a couple of things. One of them is you should have a lot of peace. You will not be here. You will not experience it. I'm not sure we'll even observe it. We, are already been, we have already been judged at the judgment seat of Christ. We have received our rewards. We are living in a heavenly home. And this judgment takes place for those who don't know Jesus. So it should give us peace because we won't be there. But the second thing is, as we consider what it says about this judgment and who will be there and what will take place is, we need to realize that there's people we know right now People that we know right now, unless something changes in their life, they're going to be at this judgment. They're going to stand there before Jesus. They're not going to find their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire with the devil, the beast, the false prophet, the fallen angels, all the other evil individuals. We need to realize that people we know will be in this judgment if they don't repent. And so as long as we have time, We should be praying for the lost, those that we know by name. We might be praying for the mission field, countries that need to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to pray for the lost and we need to share our faith more. And thirdly, I believe it's important that we learn about this judgment because people are wondering and asking questions. So if you're a believer today and you're hearing me talk about the great white throne judgment, I hope your heart is feeling a sense of peace, but maybe a bit of conviction about reaching some of those that are around you, that are around me, who, if they don't repent, will experience this judgment. And then learning about it, you might be able to answer a question or two, or at least direct them to the passage of Scripture we're studying, or to this particular teaching on our church website. Now, if you have not personally chosen to follow Jesus, you're watching this uh, message, maybe the title intrigued you, maybe somebody sent you a link to this, you are not a follower of Jesus so what and now what regarding the great white throne judgment first of all I would I'm gonna put myself in your shoes for a second if I had just heard what I have said I'd be frightened I would be frightened because this is the judgment that I would be standing in this is the judgment you will stand in in the future if you don't turn to the Lord Jesus Christ repent of your sins, and receive the free gift of salvation. You should be frightened. Some of you may be scoffing at this. I am praying that the Holy Spirit will make my words and the words of the Scripture reside in your heart so that you can't get them out of your mind until you make a decision to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not personally chosen yet to follow Jesus, you should be frightened. Secondly, you don't have to be frightened because you don't have to stand there at this great white throne judgment. You can choose, you must choose to open your heart to Jesus, choose to allow Him to come and live inside of you, and you must receive, you must choose to receive His free gift of eternal life and the forgiveness of your sins. Your grandparents can't win it for you. Your parents can't baptize you. You have to personally choose to open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that when we choose him, our names are written in the book of life. Because only those whose names were not written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire. So if your name is in the book of life, you won't experience that final punishment in the lake of fire. God loves you. He does not, hear me, he does not want you to be at this judgment. That is never his desire. It is not his desire. 2 Peter 3, verses 8-10 through says this. And, And Peter is just actually talking about the end times. Listen to what he says. But do not forget one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. What is the promise? It's the promise of his return. Peter was encouraging the church that Jesus Christ is going to return to rescue us, to take us to heaven, and to then judge the earth. But with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, now listen, this is the point. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, it is God's desire that none of us would perish in our sins, none of us would stand at the white throne judgment, none of us would be cast into the lake of fire. That is not God's desire. He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. It hasn't happened yet, but it is coming and we are closer now than we have ever been to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are someone who has not yet opened your heart to Jesus, received the free gift of forgiveness of sins and eternal life with him, you can do that today. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can just accept it as a grace gift from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You can be forgiven of your sins right now. God loves you, and he and the person of the Holy Spirit will come to live in your heart. If you desire to do that, I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, right where you are, in your home. Maybe you're listening to this while you're driving a car. Pray after me. Lord Jesus, I understand now what awaits me because I have not yet chosen to follow Jesus. Lord, I confess that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Lord, I don't deserve your love, Lord, I don't deserve your forgiveness. Lord, I don't deserve your your salvation. But you're offering it to me as a gift. I believe that. And I accept that gift right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Save me. Forgive me. Give me everlasting life. Jesus' name, amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, would you let us know? Somehow, either in the feed on Facebook or YouTube, or send us a private message on Facebook Messenger or Text in Church. And let us know of your decision to follow Jesus, because we want to help you on this journey of faith. But I just want to, I just believe that there are some people that, no, you weren't yet ready to pray this prayer. I'm going to speak over you and I'm going to pray over you right now. So everybody who is watching, would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, I pray that for the one who is still uncertain, that you convict them of their need, that you help them to understand that their eternal destiny is not in heaven with you, but it will be apart from you for all eternity in a place called the lake of fire. Lord, Holy Spirit, Make them uncomfortable until they come to the point of desiring to receive your free gift. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. God bless you. And thank you for uh, allowing me to share with you on this very uncomfortable theme. It wasn't a message that I was just jumping for joy, looking forward to preaching, but it was one that I felt that God wanted me to share with you. Because again, judgment is an elementary doctrine of our faith, and we need to understand what it is about.
0: You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.